So I've James here talking about an uh, experiment there he did with bees there when he was younger. Hefton, do you want to take from there? Yeah. So I suppose the experiment was for secondary school competi science competition. Um, it was a weird project just lo like looking at the bees' sensory organs and seeing if we could find a different one. Um, so I suppose we might as well highlight what the bees kind of do. Do like, for example, you know, right? I'm coming from assume I'm coming from a position where bees go around and sting people, and they make with the honey. Yeah. Take me from there. <laughs> Fill the gaps. <laughs> Fill in the gaps there, Hef. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They. You know. Yeah. <laughs> There's the odd time they sting people. Usually, if you stay still, they'll do their business. You'll do a bit your business, not threatening your grand. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. I suppose we're filming in Cork. Um, yeah. So we probably have to name drop. Uh, <laughs> name drop as long as it's not derogatory. I don't mind. No defamation. It's all no good. defamation. It's all good things. No uh, defamation character of any bees, especially the ones in the bee movie. Yeah, they'll sue. They'll oh, they, they will sue. 100%. They will claim. <laughs> oh, they'll claim. claim. They will sue. Um, yeah. So we're in Cork City. Yeah. Um, I studied in University College Cork. Yeah, That's sounds about right. Met. It was great. I can vouch for that. Life changing experience. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Green diesel, is it? <laughs> uh, let's let's keep to the bees there. Ah, yeah, to the bees. <laughs> uh, yeah. So University College Cork kind of always they've started to move towards being more bee friendly, I suppose. Yeah. Um. So right now, on one of their greens, they've actually let it go to meadow with some bee friendly pollinating plants. Um. This is great for the bees. Diversity diversity of pollen and the quality of pollen and the quality of honey that they then produce. Um, yeah, but also from UCC, what came out of it recently was, with Doc, Dr. Fiona Edwards-Murphy, was Avis Protect, which is a startup company. I think it just received 1.5 million so funding. Very cheeky amount of money. Yeah, nice amount of money. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what she produced was a electronic device okay. um, with five sensors, well, yeah, with five sensors in it. So it's monitoring temperature, CO2, movement inside the hive. Um, the other two. It doesn't really matter, but it's, it's yeah. you know, it's basically monitoring the environment of the bee. Like. It's, yeah, it's monitoring the hive. And um, basically they collect the data from that. Yeah. It's put inside the hive, they collect the data, sent back to, I'm not a computer guy, let's say servers. Yeah. Um, so say the day is collected and thrown into some sort of, of a graph of some sort yeah I don't know what the time period yeah. will be like it might be smaller uh, might be more sensitive but anyway they analyse it they run it through the internet of things yeah and from that they can start to draw conclusions as to what's going on inside the hive yeah. so one of the articles that I read was the examples that they can send an alert to the beekeeper to say this hive doesn't have a queen which that would be very, that would be very important. Like my yeah. grandfather does beekeeping there now, and he does talk a huge amount about getting the right queen. Yeah. So, like a song, so. Like a song. I hope he's talking about bees anyways. Uh, but please continue. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, that's fairly handy. I mean, when you look at bees now and their usage in agriculture, especially in America, you're talking about some fairly isolated hives that would be have to be checked up on bi-weekly or so mm. by the beekeeper and if this app can cover them and say oh your hive is running efficiently yeah you now don't have to spend 
half an hour getting out there to look. Exactly, yeah, because like, sure, it's like everything. Once you upscale it up any bit, like you want to take the say the human, the human um, workout exactly. Yeah. You, want to, you want to put some more capital into it so you can have one person running with say a hundred hives versus running ten, like you know. Yep, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So I think that's a good thing that'll aid towards the whole bee survival thing. Yeah. You are seeing higher rates of decline in the bees, especially around America. Um, oh, across Europe as well. Like we're yeah. we're in a bad dose for like. Yeah. Yeah. Because of contributors there, uh, neonicotinoids. Oh yeah. <laughs> Lovely insecticide. Um, but you know, like people forget how important they are as well because, like, you know, do you ever watch the Black Mirror episode on yeah. the bees? It's absolutely terrifying, right? But essentially, the whole thing about it was that they had a little, would say, the bees were extinct, so they pretty much made little robot bees. And now they took a weird turn with it, right? Killer robot bees. Killer robot bees, uh, more or less, yeah. But we'll say the whole premise of how important bees are for just everything growing, mm-hmm. like not just, not just, we'll say, a few flowers, you're talking like anything in agriculture needs pollen distributed. Yeah, so I think the United Nations came out with a figure there that's 71 of the hun- most important yeah, the 100 most important plants are bee pollinated and yeah. they contribute to 90% of the global food storage, um, food supply, sorry. Yeah, so that adds up to 153 billion in the agri-food industry. Yeah. So that's what the bees are doing. They're... They're, they're big money, they're if you look at it that bread. way. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, because you'd see all the companies there, they have these little meadow things going on, right? Yeah, that's an interesting one, yeah. Yeah, like basically... It's not a garden because a garden would say you tend to make it look pretty, right? Yeah. This is just here's a bit of area. Wildlife Spring go wild, seeds. you know? Yeah. yeah. Just no, throw a few it. things inside there. Let the bees crack away themselves, right? Yeah. And to be honest, right? If you'd listen to, you know, most fucking old people that do beekeeping and stuff, is that they're under the impression that it's more or less it's not so much a hobby. It's something you're doing for the greater good of the surrounding area, having beehives there because straight away you're gonna have a better flora just throughout better flowers better everything like and we should all probably you know we should probably all like look more into it like not everyone should have a beehive obviously in their back garden because well that would be interesting but you know people should pay more attention to these sort of things so uh interesting point about the beehives and yeah. yeah no you can just about put them anywhere it seems um i think oh you can put one in your garden one of the colleges in dublin i think has it on the rooftops in the city center like oh yeah some of the beekeepers that i've met would be uh professors now and they're living a few minutes from the city center in cork yeah um not a problem but could you imagine if everyone in your state had a beehive that would be terrifying yeah <laughs> you mean the weird neighborhood <laughs> the weird neighborhood yeah Oh, damn, that was good. <laughs> That's a beehive. But there's so much good gold. <laughs> Bit of a Winnie the Pooh situation there. Go on, anyways, about um, the, the meadows, anyways. Yeah, so I see. suppose that I think it could have been EU legislation or something, but it yeah. has kind of come into Ireland. You probably see it in the national parks, I think around Ars and Neutron. They, the only part of the area that they now cut is the two metre width on the parameter of the field yeah um, and then they left the, leave the rest to go to meadow um, it's the simple thing so just clover you it's yeah. fantastic for them because it gives them a different source of pollen different source of nectar and then that cross pollination against other plants generates even better offspring yeah no it's 
Like, I, I think it's a great thing, to be honest, because, like, it, it shows that we understand that we might have taken a wrong turn at some point. Yeah. And that instead of just, you know, keep driving down the wrong path, we're taking a few steps back to go further again. You could say the same things about, for example, we went away from paper bags, and then we went to plastic bags, and we realized, ooh, that was a fuck-up. Yeah, we better go back to paper bags, and we're back there again, you know? Yeah. It's all those small things there that I don't know. Yeah, no, I I actually wouldn't really be too sure how far Ireland went away from the whole... Do you remember growing up how many plastic bags were everywhere? Oh, I'm not talking about the plastic bags. Oh, sorry, but just the bees. bees. So, like, in terms of agriculture, there's kind of... They call it... uh, They call it some form of desert, but it's basically where you have your hive and it's only entirely surrounded by rapeseed or something like that okay and um, when it comes to that they're only getting one source of pollen makes not much crap honey, is it? it actually yeah apparently it makes crap honey <laughs> yeah yeah because i know for a fact that like what's in my grandfather's honey there now yeah if i bought the boyne valley stuff no no offense right well, but there's a different. massive different taste yeah. like it's not the same it yeah. just just isn't like well, it's, is he near the burn within a mile he'd be in we'll say Newmarket, which would be kind of how to put it, it wouldn't be burn area, no. Lots it, of heather around dude, the place. You, you, there'd be loads. It's all farmer land essentially yeah. around it, like you know, it's a small village in Clare, like nice. yeah. Oh, as in the bees can go nuts, you know. Yeah. But it's just the comparison and taste is just shocking, like as in you might as well have two different products in front of you, you know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the source of the pollen is. Actually, I think I might have some there. I'll give you some afterwards. Do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see (laughs) the source of the pollen from Mm. the two. No, it does make a huge difference in taste. And you'd be thinking it's half mental there sometimes, but you'd know, let's say if you had two different jars, you would know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. Yeah. They also say as well that, I don't know if we have the same issue in Ireland, but like, do you know when they say like there's sales of Nuka honey there? in like America is we'll say so much there and yeah. the actual amount produced was a lot less you know they have a whole different sort of issue I might actually google that actually later on but to get the right figures I might throw them into the comments but like essentially their the amount of honey is produced versus how much is sold there's a big disparity you know we did it there in college. Uh, yeah, what they're yeah. putting on the label isn't actually yeah. oh yeah, yeah, Manuka. yeah. Manuka. it's not Manuka oh god yeah oh god um, oh yeah yeah, that is, yeah. Actually, funny one in France, uh, yeah. around an M&M factory once there, was, they threw out a load of blue M&Ms, just a surplus supply or something. Yeah, yeah. Lots of bees got in there, and then the beekeepers were like, why do I have blue honey? Go away, they actually yeah. blue honey? Yeah, Fuck. yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah, no, that happens, like, your, the tint of your honey actually changes with the source of the pollen, oh, uh, the nectar. Um, so, like, the heather kind of stuff would be this thick brown. Um, yeah. You know what, blue honey... Like blue I know it doesn't like as now no nothing in nature should be blue. Like blueberries. They're purple. Do you know? Like not that like you know do you know that what you call it what you call that blue? Like do you know that you know when you get a blueberry like soda or something the way it's like blue blue. Do you know? Like nothing is like that in nature. In terms of food, like Yeah, no, can't think Yeah, of no no. <laughs> like it looks like poison, it probably is but it's probably not that good for you. Go on about the experiment, anyways, that you were doing. Yeah, so yeah. getting into the experiment. So, yeah, 16 had just learned what an acid on a base was. Dissociating ions in a solution. 
That's all I do. So that's all most people know here for them. Okay. Please continue. <laughs> uh, yeah. So dissociate ions is a solution. You free up hydrogen ions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so from there, I knew that I wanted to enter a science competition. Um, so I was thinking along the lines of something, going for something abstract, and then trying to turn it into statistics. Yeah. That kind of stuff feeds well into these competitions. Mm. Um, so I was curious as to, I was curious about water divining. Yeah. It's where people walk along the field. They might have two rods or a U-bend stick or something like that. They're walking through the field. They're looking for where to sink a well and where would be the cheapest. So they think you can yeah, get so down the Yeah, so unless they have to the dig, the cheaper it's going to be. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I was interested in that and I was like, okay, what could they be sensing? Because, you know, some studies, some studies, it's kind of weird. Some studies say that it's out, some studies say that it's in. I'm probably leaning towards it's not real. Um, it's not real. But for some reason, up until the 90s, uh, yep. British plumbers were getting trained in water dividing. Like, I've heard of it, right? Yeah. It did sound like a bit of, you know, follow up, follow bit up. of a, oh yeah, here it is. Do you know? That'll be 200 pounds. <laughs> That'll be 200 pounds, please. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But what's the science behind that? Or is, is there a kind of very little? Very little. Very little. Very little. Yeah. Yeah. Educated guesswork. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Go on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. From there, I kind of started to look into animals that could sense when there was thunder clouds coming and that kind of thing. Or, yeah, just clouds in general. Yeah. So... I came across the bee and I thought, okay, this would be a good model to test on. Um, so bees can sense the ions in a cloud. Um, the ions in a cloud affect the spherics. So these are atmospheric electrostatic charges. Now yeah. the bee itself has an electrostatic charge around its body. So I'm just going to slow you down there now, right? Assume someone isn't, would say, scientifically, would say, educated in that. Yeah. The ions essentially... What you're saying is it's more of like an electronic charge in the cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine exactly. when you rub a balloon against your hair and exactly. then you can feel that little charge off it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, that's a good example. Mm. Imagine the bee is that freshly rubbed balloon mm. and you bring another balloon. The two balloon static fields will start to impede each other and they'll start to augment them. Yeah. And the honeybee can. Um, it can sense that, so that's one of its senses. Yeah. Um, it can sense it because it has its own, like we say, it has field its own around field, it. Yeah, static field. And when there's another static field approaching on its field, yeah, it just disturbs all the its, we say, sensory. They sense it. They sense yeah, it. They sense change. it. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when that happens, the bees will head back to the hive and they'll just wait it out. Mm. Um, no big deal. Um, yeah. So. Static charge, free ions in a cloud, and then I thought, okay, well, we have dissociated ions in a solution. Yeah. Let's see what happens if they're near dissociated ions. And dissociated ions in solution is basically an acidic or basic solution. Yeah, so in this case, I used mainly sodium hydroxide, so yeah. you're reducing that sodium ion and the OH. A basic solution. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, quite. Yeah, so. Yeah, I wanted to see if they could sense dissociated ions in a solution, mm. but without using any of the other senses, so yeah. touch, taste, hearing, sight, smell, or without ingesting it or inhaling it. Yeah, you wanted to kind of say narrow it down as 
is it exactly their field that's being impeded? No, nothing no. to do with the field. Well, actually, he was questioning if it was to do with the field, but I think it we because I was just an amateur at the time. Oh yeah, we moved on from that. Like, oh hundred percent. Yeah, it's not that one. Um, because yeah, in one of the later experiments, I put them into a Faraday cage. So this yeah. is the. We'll get onto it actually. Yeah, we'll get onto that. Yeah. Yeah. So the experiment design is pretty simple. Go to a beehive. Yeah. Collect the worker bees. So these are the females. Mm-hmm. Um. Just get 10 of them into an airtight box. The box is large enough that they will have enough oxygen for days. Hmm. Not a problem. Um, transporting bees like this, it's done all the time. Um, so not really stress for them. Yeah. Um, so you get the airtight plastic box. You put a thick cardboard sheet at the bottom on the outside. Okay. Which extends over the bottom of the box. Okay. Um, and then put that onto a wooden stand. And then you're putting in just a beaker and that's where all your experiment basically is going to go that yeah. beaker so now with that beaker the bees shouldn't be able to touch it taste it hear it see it inhale it ingest it yeah by right they should know it's there like the, yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's complete sensory blind spot yeah yeah um, so the working bees are the female bees yeah what oh the boy them? yeah the boy bees have a really easy time what yeah do they, do? they just uh, get laid and they, die mm, <laughs> close they, they, yeah they sit around the drones they just sit around the hive eating um, and then when it comes to mating season they get booted out of the hive or they get killed and then when they actually successfully mate again they have their gonads ripped out and uh, they die <laughs> so a good life a good life all in all but what's the difference between a female bee and a queen bee We'll actually cover that in the end part. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, some good current research on that now. Uh, interesting stuff. Um, so, yeah, back to the experiment. Um, yeah, so I suppose went out, collected the bees. The first and ma- majority of the bees that I used were from a professor in Cork who lives in the city. So the bees are exposed to seed life. They shouldn't, you know, just city life. They lived, I think it was 400 meter distance as the crow flies, so that's from my house. Yeah. Which is ideal because... Or the bee flies, one might say. The bee so, flies. Sorry, <laughs> one. Um, so yeah, that means that they would have definitely been in my garden. Yeah. More than likely. Um, yeah. So, got the bees, put them into the box, just 10 bees, didn't want to overload the box, didn't yeah. want it to be too crowded, didn't want sociology, sociology? I don't know. I suppose, yeah, I didn't want that to be... Uh, part of the experiment mm. so took the 10 female worker bees put them into the box brought them home set them down in a room no electrical activity yeah um reasoning for that is because back in the oh it could have been 70s i think it was warrenkin they did a study they put the bees next to they put a beehive next to electromagnetic fields so that's yeah your electromagnet yeah the motor in your tesla yeah uh, yeah um, and they found that, okay, within about 15 minutes, the bees started to rip out the brood of the hive, and then they swarmed, and then... What upsets the away. shit out of them, like? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, you'll see that with a few animals. So storks won't nest and within 100 feet of radio tower. They won't have offspring within so 100 feet of radio tower. So say you had windmills, right? You couldn't just land a beehive around that area and utilize that area. I'd say the height and the difference, because you might the get away magnetic with field is 1 over d squared. So every meter you go, it... it decreases in power by yes. one over distance yeah. yeah so 
Go on anyways, you were saying. Yep, so it didn't want any electrical activity to be interfering with the bees. Um, that's also the reason why I used a wooden stand because in the event that there was some form of induction on a metal stand, I didn't want that to be producing any fields to be annoying the bees. Yeah. So yeah, brought the bees into the house, put them down, let them acclimatize to their setting. Yeah. Um, just for half an hour or so, that's fine. All they did, which is the normal thing that bees will do once they're put into captivity, huddle together, stand yeah. still in a dormant state. Yeah. Nothing weird. Happens all the time. If there's a bee high, if there's a swarm occurring and maybe they're on a branch of a tree, beekeeper will gladly come along, throw them into a bucket, close the bucket. Yeah. A few minutes later, you'll stop hearing the buzzing, bring them over to a hive. Open it up. Move it. Yeah, open it up, put it down outside, put something underneath. And uh, you'll literally see the bees just start to emerge and crawl up into the hive. And then, new home. Great. Yeah. Jeez. The bees kind of, they tend to be very kind of like, they just get on with things. Like they don't get too upset. Oh, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> they're uh, great. They're, they're, really, they're real workers. They're real workers. <laughs> they're real workers. 20 to, 20,000 to 60,000 real workers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, they're great. Don't even, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Moving on from the acclimatization part, we went into the experimenting part. So even, yeah, the acclimatization part again, huddled together, no real movement, actually no movement, just yeah. basically as if they were asleep. Then we went into the testing, so it was going to be broken down into two minute segments. Yeah. Two minutes, just a beaker, watch them, see what they do. Yeah. Bees did not, didn't move, group stayed together, and this is kind of the same trend throughout all the experiments. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we moved on and we used deionized water. At the time, I thought that would be the way to go, but there are free ions inside that water. What you want is a low. Um, what is it? I think it's low current water or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not ion free, sure to be honest. Yeah, ion, free, ion water. free water essentially. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Just straight H two O. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. No ions. Um, but anyway, put that under and we started to see very small amount of movement. Yeah. Um, not much within the two minutes. In a few of the experiments, you will see a bee fall off the wall. Yeah. Not much. Um, and then moving on to the next step, we were making that solution into one mole concentration of sodium hydroxide. Yeah. Uh, in another experiment, we did it with uh, ammonium sulfate, mm. um, which is a common fertilizer. Um, yeah. So immediately once you put the sodium hydroxide underneath the box, mm. you start to see the bees, they kind of do a little hum. Um, yeah, it weird. Uh, anyway, over the course of the two minutes, they start to move around. So I'll take the first experiment as the example that we'll talk about here. Yeah. Started to move around a lot more, started yeah. to crawl on top of each other. Not a common thing for bees because usually when they meet, they will look at each other and they'll do their little wiggle and yeah. move around. That's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think in the first experiment that I did, there was each bee averaged at falling off the wall 1.9 times over the course of the two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that obviously results in agitation. You saw the wee bees' wings change from being parallel, which kind of indicates, oh, I'm calm and do nothing, yeah. to being... So if they're flared, we'll say, like the bee... Slightly flared, yeah. Slightly flared. It's like not they're like ready for action. Out. It's just a little... It's kind of like they're tensing, like they're ready for action, is yeah. it? Lats yeah, lats out. Yeah, exactly, so lats out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> can't get through this door. Fight me. Fight me, bitch. Yeah, so... And then over the course of those two minutes, usually a couple of bees would actually start to be killed. Mm. The, which is very weird, because these are they female killing worker each other. bees. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, these are female worker bees, all sisters, all part of the same family. Don't so, usually do this. So you throw... The only other throw, time that we would see yeah. this happen was in that experiment where they exposed them to the electromagnet. So you, when you obstructed their, we'll say, their, we'll say their fields by putting the ions and stuff next to them, right? Yeah. They start beating the crap out of each other. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So then we moved on. We, yeah, we removed the beaker and then we gave them some sugar water just so that yeah. they were re-energized. And then we opened up the box again Yeah. in the back garden this time to allow them to fly away. Yeah. 24 hours pass and then I would always come back and check the box and count yeah. up the bodies around the place. Um, yeah, in this case, there was a 100% death rate. Jesus. Yeah, really weird. We didn't expect it. Again, 400 meters away from their hive. They should have known the area, or at least should have been able to be like, I'm flying yeah. out here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this guy. Yeah. I have a thought experiment there for you, right? Yeah. So, essentially, you are messing with their electrical fields, right, and upsetting the head of them. They went a bit nuts, kill each other, right? Yeah. Do you reckon there's a potential for, we'll say, if, let's just say if you're living in a place with high, high, we'll say just electrical stuff going through, let's say you're in the middle of a city, right? Loads of lights, loads of electrical fields going around you, right? Is there, we'll say, just, just as a thought experiment, is there a chance that that would make you more aggressive? Like the old kind of, we'll say, stereotypical New Yorker. No. You know? I don't know, man. I'm just thinking like... I'd say no. Because people tend to be calmer and just say more. Now, this is obviously it's doing a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just that, right? I'm just saying as a general thought experiment that if there was a underlying agitation constantly around you, you well, would. Well, the source of the agitation. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. No, I mean, I'm only. I'm, I'm taking that tree. I'm taking that maybe a thousand steps. Yeah, too yeah, far. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm just far. saying as a pure thought experiment, you know. Just try. Like, is there, we'll say, a case to be made that if you're surrounded by electrical fields constantly and a huge amount know. of the human could race you have been beating the shit out of each other long before electricity? Oh, absolutely. Like, we hate each other yeah. on, a, on a general basis. But we'll just say, like, with an underlying agitation, like, do you know when you're hungry, you have an underlying agitation, you just would be more aggressive. Do you know? <laughs> Oh, no, I, 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 oh, it's completely fine right, up there. I, I suppose, yeah, we might as well go off topic here. But yeah, yeah. there was an experiment there carried out in, uh, I think it was Glasgow, and they changed the street lighting colours to blue and red. Okay, uh, so we'll say... There was an area where there was a high number of break-ins in the cars, and they changed it to blue, and the number of break-ins decreased. Then they changed it to red, car, and they The cars are around the place or something. They just had it in their head or something. Having a clue. It's cool how people associate colours, though, like... Even if you're wearing a luminous jacket, the authority you get is scandalous. <laughs> you know? I know. I walked yeah. into a festival, no <laughs> ticket, luminous jacket, grand. Yeah. Yeah. I might have to snip that out as well. Like, <laughs> we won't say what festival, but we're sure it's not like we won't, won't say any, what festival. Yeah. We, <laughs> but it's not like you'll be going to any festivals anytime soon anyways. But like, no. <laughs> actually, I'm never going to a festival. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> 
But yeah, no, colors have a mad effect on people. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, like this is obviously a thousand steps too far, right? Yeah. But there probably is a way to agitate people by just fucking around with their electrical fields. Like, put an underlying agitation. Not drive people absolutely insane. Well, like, depends just, on the frequency, that kind yeah. of thing. That's oh, I more of a I'm just electromagnetic. Gonna, I'm going to yeah. Google the shit out of that later on, is what I'm saying. Electromagnetic radiation, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, uh, by all means. I'll let uh, you know. You'll probably come across, like, uh, what is it, spectroscopic sensitivity. That's an yeah. interesting area. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the lower waves, some hums do annoy people. I mean, there is a few people that are agitated by windmills, wind turbines. Yeah. Okay, so back to the yeah, experiments. Yeah, back to your experiments. Back to the experiments. One of the... Uh, yeah, so from that experiment, we moved on and we were like, okay, weather could be a factor in this because bees have that electrostatic charge being polarized and being able to sense changes in weather. Yeah. Now, when we carried out that experiment, it was a sunny, clear day. Yeah. Ideal for going out with the lads, getting your pollen. Getting your pollen, yeah. Yeah. Um... No, all the case, all the experiments that we carried out were always on sunny days because you don't want to be disturbing a beehive. You don't want to be taking off the. Yeah, you don't want to be going outside rain. either. On a rainy day, like, just <laughs> well, no, general. you don't want to expose the hive to rain. That's it. You don't okay, want yeah. that because bees like a certain humidity to keep down mold and other. It just adds another variable that, that you don't need. Like no, yeah. Um, so yeah, we wanted to make sure that that wasn't the thing that was affecting them. So in the next case, we ten more bees, two boxes this time and two rooms one set of bees were just the control that we watched for the entire time yeah just no chemicals nothing ran re-ran the experiment similar results for the empty beaker the deionized water and then the sodium hydroxide mm. one mole concentration of liquid uh, sorry water yeah um, yeah similar results bees getting aggressive and falling off the wall for the sodium yeah. hydroxide and then for the control group no, just stayed calm, stayed in the huddle, didn't move. Yeah. Everything fine. Then we brought the two bee boxes outside, fed both sucrose water, uh, sorry, yeah, sucrose water, uh, or simple syrup, glucose water. Um, so it's sugary water, anyway. Sugary water, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of people, yeah, people have kind of caught on to this trend of if you see a bumblebee on the floor, give them some a bit sugar. of sugary water, yeah. Yeah, so that solution is one part sugar to one part water. Yeah. It's more of a syrup than anything else, really. Like. Yeah. yeah. Or else you can give them a bit of jam. It's yeah. fine. Just a little bit of jam. Just a bit of sugar. They get them going, like. They get them going, yeah. Uh, I think the sugar water might be best, though, because it hydrates them as well. Mm. Get those, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, go into the back garden, release the bees. So, in the case of the control group, 90% survived. They flew away. Yeah, found ten percent of the bees in the box, so I think that would have been one body. Yeah, um, not too weird. Yeah, grand again, hive four hundred meters away. Yeah, probably got back home. Um, but then the control, but then the testing group again, 95 percent of the bees, ninety percent of the bees, I think, were dead in the box. Jesus. Again, yeah. yeah. So just yeah, another weird one. So then another experiment that we did was because we were curious about why they were starting to react a little bit to the deionized water. Yeah. So it went beaker control, beaker with dry sodium hydroxide, yeah. and then solution of one mole sodium hydroxide. Yeah, uh, just the dry powder sodium hydroxide, bees didn't really react. No free ions. 
no deionized, sorry, dissociated ions. Yeah. yeah. So it seemed to be the dissociated ions that were catching them off. Yeah. So yeah. at the time, I wasn't sure what energy could be coming off the dissociating ions. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, okay, let's see if electrostatic is possibly it. Yeah. So built a Faraday cage. This is basically a metallic cage that keeps the charge out. Um, hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example. It isolates it from... Like it you have certain packaging for yeah. transporting chips uh, exactly, on yeah. planes so that they don't get damaged. Yeah, it's yeah. just a big fire cage. The charge stays on the outside, then you earth it, and the charge goes away. No problem. Yeah. So, yeah, put the B box into the cage, did the tests, B still reacted. Yeah. Okay, it's not the electrostatic sense, it's not the electrostatic sense that they have yeah. that's reacting to the deionized, sorry, dissociated ions in the water. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was still stumped at that. Um, so then we just continued experimenting with more groups of bees, rerunning it, and then we started to kind of go out to different places to get different bees and see yeah. if the quality of bee is different in other places. And that was an interesting one because, okay, mainly using the city bees, city bees would be exposed to a very diverse range of pollen and nectar. Um, but then we go out to the country and the beehive out there was surrounded by rapeseed. Um, More just fields rapeseed. Just fields rapeseed. Yeah, nothing else, not very diverse pollen. Um, what effect did that have, we'll say? We'll get onto that yeah. in a second. Anyway, the bees with, surrounded by the rapeseed were actually a little bit smaller, um, but they were also less reactive to the sodium hydroxide solution. They mm weren't as aggressive and higher numbers actually left the box at the end um, yeah so it could so then i was like okay well that's interesting and i did think about the pollen yeah. so then i think it was about three years ago someone published a paper on how queens are made in the hive so that is a, that is a good question actually how are queens made in the hive yeah so this is it potentially ties it um Queens. So you have the female worker bee, you have the drone, the male bee, and yeah. then you have the queens. They yeah. all incubate for different lengths. They're laid as an egg, but then they immediately become larvae, and then they start to incubate different lengths of time inside yeah. the capped cell inside the hive, um, and they produce different bees. Yeah. Also, another thing to note, they are polyploidy, so this is that they have varying amounts of chromosomes in their body, varying amounts of chromosomes, for depending on the sex of the bee. So okay. the female bees are, it's an egg, it's fertilized. Yeah. They have diploid chromosomes. Okay. So two. They have two uh, chromosomes, right? Yeah. And then the male bees, haploid. So one. One, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then the larvae that are going to become worker bees, they're, mm -hmm. feed, they're fed a mixture of, they're called, it's called bee bread. It's a mixture of pollen and nectar, Honey, yeah. Um, so yeah, fed that, become the worker bee. The worker bee, small ovaries, probably infertile. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a worker drone, really, like, yeah. Yeah, just literally the work, that's it. Yeah. Or go through the stages. They have, bees have different kind of roles as, as they age. There's nurse bees, there's some that are actually bouncers, which are, if a bee fall, if a bee lands on a fermented apple or something and starts eating it and starts yeah. behaving drunk, they won't be allowed in the hive by the bouncer bees. They're like, get out. 
I'm just gonna have to stop you there. Like that one's easy. You you just wanted to be up now with this like no 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 it's just legitimately be legitimately like, yeah no you you got way too much of that apple sauce you you stay home sir <laughs> legitimately yeah not tonight smell like brewery but that's my home <laughs> not tonight not tonight bitch <laughs> oh, wow uh, <laughs> sorry uh, yeah but uh, yeah so then I suppose the next one was the yeah Harvey Queen's mate yeah so. Queens all eat royal jelly. Royal jelly is where the nurse bees take in the bee bread, they digest it, and they spit out the honey. Um, So in, I think it was some paper published in China, they found that the bee bread contains microRNA. This then inhibits certain genes. They found, I think it was in total, it wasn't a massive experiment, but when they were analysing the honey, they found... 20 miRNA that could potentially inhibit certain growth genes inside the bees. So when yeah. I say inhibit, it goes, they produce the DNA is red, transcribed to RNA. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, then like when it it's the RNA, it's not going to be turned into the protein because the microRNA is going to bind yeah. to it and stuff. Yeah. So it inhibits stuff to actually develop a queen, is it? Yeah. So the queen would have to be in an incubation to add longer. The pollen inhibits genes so one of the genes was yeah. uh mator yeah. um yeah this is the one that kind of is a growth gene so mm. your female worker bees can't produce the growth proteins to go on to produce larger ovaries and mm. larger bodies and you oh so like the worker bees are in, some, in essence like inhibited queen bees like they've yeah. just been given inhibitors. they could have been queens but they, they could have been queens but they were given the wrong food. They were given food that had microRNA in it that yeah. then stopped them turning into queens. Whereas the queen bees... That so they have the same genetics, more or less. Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. It's just the expression of proteins. That's oh. different. Oh, that is cool, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, the reason why the nurse bees produce the honey and then they, the larvae that are fed, the royal jelly, the larvae that are fed that, yeah. turn into queens is because they don't contain as high a quantity of these microRNA because it's more digested. Yes. Yeah. Jesus, it's kind of cool, actually. It's a quirky one. It, 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 it's funny that, like, they, they purposely inhibit for, like, 95% of the population. And, like, where's the decision made? Is this, this, this is going to be the queen? Just picked randomly? Yeah, I don't know about that. But obviously you're not a bee. You, you're not going <laughs> to tell me the exact breakdown. But, like, just, like... like that's what, mad, what, isn't it? T- what dictates the ratios? Yeah. There's a lot of things potentially. Oh, um, I say they've their own system, into, right? Yeah. yeah, it's it's a big system. I mean, some, yeah, some bees are, I, they, I think they're looking down on an epigenetic scale for, because some bees will favor collecting pollen, others will favor collecting nectar inside yeah. the hive. But then they see that it still starts to balance out. Yeah. Consistently. So they're kind of wondering. They must have a system, like they must have a yeah. There could yeah. be something, some smart design in there. Yeah, um, that's kind of yeah. cool, actually. Yeah. So talking about the so that's how pollen can affect your bees. Yeah, it can inhibit certain genes, yeah. and in this case, it seemed as if the bees outside in the country surrounded by the rapeseed oil um, plants, they weren't growing as large as the. Bees in the city that were exposed to diverse. So they're probably getting extra inhibitors, is it? For Potentially. Growth. 
Yeah. I can't like you I can't, can't say 100%, them, but the evidence was suggested. Like, this was the thing that was standing out to me that Yeah. Yeah, their diversity just wasn't the same and it was quite notable that they they were considerably smaller. Same yeah. species, just smaller. Yep. Yeah. Yep, apes from from Manifera. So that's the Irish honeybee. Yeah. It's the you know, it's the honeybee that you see everywhere around the world. Yeah. Because in the seventeenth century they started to be like You need honey, my friend. Let's bring these all <laughs> to Australia. <laughs> Who now exports to everybody else. Um yeah, big exporting bees is a big business now, so is it? Yeah. Yes. If you're if you need bees brought in because the hornets have killed them all, like makes sense. If people <laughs> it's not the hornets. If people stop exporting hornets as well, no, that would, that would be a oh, that'd be great. That'd be a big win. Yeah, you know, that'd be a big win. Yeah. I do. I don't want those oversized steroidy wasps over here. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, they're huge. <laughs> they're four point five centimeters. Yeah, with a six mil six six millimeter stinger. stinger. Yeah. Yeah, interesting yeah. stuff in that uh, sting. Yeah. Bit of toxin, bit of neurotoxin. Um, Basically, not enough to kill you. It's a badass wasp. Like it's a really a, badass it's wasp. A bad, it's a bad sting. Yeah. yeah. Um, Goddamn. Cytolytic properties in one of the proteins as well. So, lovely rupture those blood cells. Um, yeah. But anyway, back to the bees. So, yeah. yeah, that was kind of the. That was around the time I started. I kind of got into college and I was finishing up. So. Yeah, the bees at that point, I was kind of like, okay, it might be something that they're producing. It might be a gene. Yeah. Because these ones aren't reacting the same as the other ones. And then this paper came along and I was like, oh. But I thought, like, just from listening to you there, like, it sounds like you found out a lot of cool things, right? So yeah. The first big thing I thought was that, like, you're given food, right? The, the bee, right? Mm-hmm. And actually inhibits their growth in certain areas. It, it inhibits their well, protein expression. Out, yeah. No, but we'll just say, just talking to you, I found this out. Do you know? Okay. Yeah, because I didn't know that. I, I assumed a worker, sorry, a worker bee was born a worker bee. I didn't actually think too much into it, to be yeah. perfectly frank. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> but I didn't, yeah, but I didn't think the queen was just a, a fully grown worker bee that didn't have any inhibitors to yeah. inhibit her protein expression, which I thought was, like, that's very cool. And their reactions to like it was a changes in their electrostatic electrostatic magnetic fields around them, caused them to act really aggressive. I think that's pure sci-fi shit. The aggressive thing, uh, no, that like it, their changes in their electrostatic field normally yeah causes them to go back to the hive. You know, just be okay. Like, okay, rain cloud coming in. Yeah, but then their sense for the electromagnetic stuff that comes back to the Lorenzi ample. Yeah. That's you know, it's President Sharks. This is why they use magnetic um little weights on site on the hooks um yeah. when they're deep sea fishing because sharks won't swim near it because they have a thing called the Lorenzi ample. Um please explain what that is. Basically they sense magnetic uh fields. Yeah. And yeah, they don't like it. They, they just don't they like, don't like it. it. They just yeah. don't like it. So, yeah, there's a guy producing a wetsuit now that has it. Um, That's genius. Yeah, it's so good. Like, yeah. I'd be wearing that shit, like, all the time if I was in, like, Australia or something. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is actually really cool. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, no, I, I think... But yeah, for the electromagnetic, that's where they became aggressive for the brood. Um, 
Yeah, we kind of, I saw a similarity to that because there was a hive being established inside perfect conditions. It was yeah. a trailer outside my back garden, had freshly cut pine, so loads of sap. Yeah. Ideal. Um, yeah. So there was a swarm of bees on, had landed on the uh, trailer. They had found a way in. They mm. were setting something up inside and I was like, real life study, let's try this. Yeah. So got a bottle, put water in, put sodium hydroxide in, put on the cap, so it's airtight. Yeah. Bees aren't going to be able to see through the plastic covering that I put on it. Yeah. Grand, <laughs> flaked that over, uh, ran. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, 15 minutes, you saw bee carcasses on the ground and the entire hive was gone. Jesus. You Later on. Them. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, go on. I don't know if I heard them. But yeah, hey, it's all in the guidelines of the EPA testing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a weird one. Before I went into the competition, I had to look okay. up animal cruelty laws to make sure I wasn't yeah, breaking like, anything. Yeah. They don't have a spine, so it's fine. Is that where they draw the line? That's where they draw the line. You can be as cruel as you want once they're spineless. Yeah. That is funny. <laughs> Hello, kids. <laughs> it's not psychopathic if they don't have a spine. Um, it's for science. Uh, but yeah, so... Wow. Sorry, go on. Oh, man, I killed hundreds of bees because of this thing. Without, like, touching... But, but see, that's, that's the, the funniest part. Like, yeah. you just more introduce something to the environment and they kill themselves. Yeah. Jesus. Um, <laughs> so yeah, once I got inside the trailer, there was honeycomb being built... They were setting up shop. Yeah. They were going to set it up as a hive, but no. 15 minutes with this stuff there. Yeah. Could you imagine yeah. if someone could do that with human stuff? Do you know, like, put something in their environment and it'll just get them to fucking... More or less, like, instantly react with it and start killing themselves, like... We're going to start making a lot of PC... Anti-PC jokes if you... Oh, oh, God, way. yeah. But yeah. that's what I'm saying, like, it's just... It's it's absolutely, like, it's evil genius kind of, like, Black Mirror shit, like, do you know? I really need to start watching that show again. I, I, I really miss it. Oh, sorry, go on, I'm like completely firing away into like pure like conspiracy theory level like. I'm <laughs> gone pure conspiracy theory on this. Um, yeah, so I suppose the next part then was, yeah, further trying to figure out what is coming off of the dissociating ions to yeah. cause a reaction in the bees. Um, yeah, so I suppose I kind of finished up. The next step would have been to want to look at, yeah, there would have been gene expression um, to see what the bees are producing, see if there is, we would call it, by most likely an opsin. Um, opsins are the receptors that you have in your eyes. These receive an electromagnetic signal in. Yeah. And then they have a voltage gate. Yeah. Ions get released, your signal progresses through to your brain and you're told, oh, you see blue. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, that would be the next step. The other step would be to see what kind of spectrum, what kind of electromagnetic waves are being produced from the ions when they dissociate. So yeah. I mean, sodium hydroxide is an exothermic reaction. So yeah. we know that it's going to be producing heat. Heat comes off as infrared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grand. Makes perfect sense, yeah. Yeah, but you know, in the experiment, take cardboard sheet, we'll block that. I did monitor temperature as well, only fluctuated by one degree yeah. around the box, so that's fine. So yeah. again, he's not going to react to that. Um, but then the other spectrum, yeah, it could be something down there because the electronic radius 
of sodium hydroxide is different to the electronic orbital the electron orbitals for the sodium and then the yeah oxygen OH, OH yeah. yeah um so it could be something there you could just have an electron changing distance from the radius yeah sorry the radius changing distance for the electron you might have the momentum change and if the momentum changes then you could be producing some form of microwave something yeah I, I understand what you're getting yeah getting something it. that a bee would be something in another <coughs> part of the spectrum that the bee would be sensitive to so i mean like the bee is it can see the visible light spectrum grand yeah but then it also sees it into the uv spectrum uh, that's useful for pollen highly reflective so then yeah, they, so they the would say a different sort of eyes which we did see uv light yeah we wouldn't obviously yeah. so you're saying that their their receptors might pick up on uh say a micro change there of like so say the atoms energy level fluctuating they might have a way no, to no. say that no uh weird way of explaining it basically yeah uh so like, i was trying to oversimplify maybe a tad too much like okay i suppose the best way to simplify it is yeah. you go back to the oh what's it called emission spectrum experiment that you would have done in secondary school where you yeah. sprayed the copper sulfate solution into a Bunsen burner and you got a green flame. Yeah. That's because copper sulfate, the electron gets excited, goes up to an orbital, then it comes back down and it yeah. emits the light wave is green. Yeah. Yeah. When it goes into the flame, the electron gets that's, excited. That's a better way of explaining it. When yeah. it goes out of the flame, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a better power, way. energy, yeah, yeah, drops back down and emits the green flame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... More than I said. Yeah. That's more than I said. Yeah. Cool. We caught it there. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you want to talk about your love life. <laughs>